You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about stuff that the normal mind doesn't see. Specifically, we've been talking about coincidence, what some people call synchronicity, the synchronization of events or encounters that lead us, if we're alert enough, in the direction that we would love our lives to go. As we said, coincidence is always unexpected. Where it's expected, it wouldn't be a coincidence. And as we said, the normal mind can only perceive what it expects to perceive. So if you're operating normally, and by that I mean if you're operating in the way in which the normal mind works, on automatic pilot using the same 70,000 thoughts day in and day out to make it through the day, then you are simply not going to know what is going on. You're not going to be able to spot any of these synchronicities. You're not going to be able to spot the coincidences that are the signposts on the road of your journey of life. We talked about stuff, as I said, that the normal mind doesn't know anything about. And and one of the most important resources at your disposal that the normal mind doesn't just not know anything about, but it actually blocks you from accessing this resource. The resource in question I'm talking about is your gut instinct. Now, the word instinct is very important there, and we've alluded to this before. We have, for starters, a survival instinct. It is actually hardwired into us. It is hardwired in particular into the subcortical brain, what I've described before as the doing brain, that enables you in a crisis, a life-threatening crisis, do just what you need to do to survive. That machinery works for you in any situation. All you have to do is, so to speak, hardwire in other expectations other than simply the expectation of survival for different things to happen, for you to be able to do new things to enable you move in the direction you'd love your life to go. But let's come back to the key thing that I want to talk about in this episode, gut instinct. There was a piece of research, it wasn't really research, it was more like a survey, in fact there were two surveys done in the 1980s and 1990s with leaders of FTSE 100 companies, the big companies in the United Kingdom, and Fortune 500 companies in the States. And what these surveys proved again and again and again was that all the best business decisions ever made by business leaders were all made on the basis of what felt right, their gut instinct. And all the worst decisions 
were made by accountants. Now, I'm being slightly facetious. Being an accountant myself, I can afford to be slightly facetious. But basically, what all these business people were saying was their worst business decisions were the decisions that were analysed to within an inch of their lives. And on, it was on the basis of that analysis that a decision was made. I am constantly talking to clients who find themselves at a crossroads. I, I think very often if they had not found themselves at a crossroads they mightn't be clients of mine. And indeed, just as an, as an aside in relation to the importance of coincidences, you and I are at multiple crossroads every day. It's just that we don't know it because every day we make choices, little ones, big ones, and unfortunately for the normally minded people, automatic ones. We make little choices every day that take us off down one fork in the road with no going back. As I've said before, where you are in your life now is a result of all the things that you've done and failed to do in all the nows up to now. And what that means is all the little choices you've made and by virtue of the fact that you've made those little choices, all the other options that are no longer available to you. Moment to moment, day to day, week to week. This life of yours. And of course, one of the most fundamental choices you have to make moment to moment is whether you'll turn up to this moment or not. Because if and when you do, your mind will not be operating on autopilot. You will not be operating normally. You will be operating in a way that does see the signposts that does recognise the signposts for what they are and that makes the right choices moment to moment. Those choices cannot be made by the thinking mind, the life-changing choices that we make. If you think about being confronted by a tiger that leaps out in front of you in the bushes thousands of years ago when we were hunter-gatherers, you don't have time to analyse what's going on. You don't have time to create an Excel spreadsheet to evaluate the pros and cons of what is before you and based on that evaluation what choices you should make. The choice is instantaneous, the choice is instinctive, the choice comes from your gut instinct, comes from your doing brain and is carried out by your doing brain. In other words, your doing brain just doesn't know what to do. It enables you to do it without a second thought. This is where your gut instinct lies in the subcortical brain, the insula, the amygdala and the hippocampus. A psychotherapist might say it lives in your subconscious mind, but it's the same difference. But this is the part of the mind that, generally speaking, you're not aware of. Because if you were aware of it, it wouldn't be subconscious. You'd be conscious of it. And you're not aware of it because of the 70,000 thoughts that we spoke about right at the beginning of this series of podcasts, episodes. Right at the beginning, in relation to the 70,000 thoughts that whiz through your brain every day, which constitute between them the programs that your automatic pilot uses to enable you survive, to enable you make it through the day, and in the process disable you from doing all the wonderful things that you would love to achieve in your life. Below those 70,000 thoughts, below your conscious mind, lurks a subconscious full of all good things. Full of all the ideas that were you to actually run with them, 
They would lead you to where you want to go. Full of understandings about what you need to do. Full of understandings about what is best for you, rather than what you think you want. You see, most people in life, when I talk to them about setting their minds to achieve the goals that they would love to achieve, or the perfect moments they would love to experience, or the life they would love to have, start as every other normal pe person will do, by thinking about what they'd like to have, thinking about what they want. Now, when you think about what you want, you can rest assured that you are going to come up with the wrong answers for the simple reason that the normal mind operating on automatic pilot is going to use the 70,000 thoughts that you learned in a past long gone. It's going to use those thoughts to concoct something along the lines of what not you think you want, but what you think you want that would kind of be acceptable to the norms of what success and happiness looks like. So we need, as I've said many times before, you need to park your thinking mind. You need to let what is within come out. And you don't need to go looking for it. It will come out of its own accord once you let the thinking mind get out of the way. Back to what I was saying a minute ago. Many of the clients that I talk with one-to-one -one find themselves at a crossroads in their lives. At one time or another, or very often, they find themselves at multiple crossroads throughout our conversations. And very often, they will ask for my advice. And every time they ask for my advice, I tell them, I don't give anybody advice. I enable you to figure this out for yourself. Let what is inside come out. There's one particular girl I have spoken to three times over the last six years. She was at a crossroads each of those three times. Career crossroads, but the kind of career, the kind of work she does, the career choices were actually life choices because of the work-life balance and family life that she wanted to have as well. And on each occasion, seeing as she obviously didn't learn from the first time we had our conversation, on each of the three occasions, she actually did come up with the proverbial Excel spreadsheet that I mentioned a few minutes ago. And she would actually come up with a balance sheet, the pros and the cons. If I make this decision, what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages? If I leap the other way, what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages? And she tied herself in knots or should I say her thinking mind tied her in knots. And you should hear the way I talk to some of my clients one-to-one. -one. On one occasion, I actually told her that if I could reach my arm down the phone, I'd slap her across the face for the simple reason that she knew what the answer was. She knew deep down on each of those three occasions because she knew what felt right. Every single time, I talk to any of my clients, or indeed some of the conversations I have in the Zoom groups that I have with owners of the Psychology of Success online program. If anybody ever has a decision to make and they ask me what they should do, I will always answer their question with another one. What feels right? Because what feels right is coming from your gut instinct the part of you that knows what's right. It doesn't just know what feels right, it gives you the feeling of what's right based on an understanding of what is best for you. 
but we need to be awfully, awfully cautious. Because you can't hear your gut instinct, as I said a minute ago, if you're operating your mind on automatic pilot, if you're allowing your mind to run your life rather than the other way around. You can't hear your gut instinct if you are thinking too much, to put, it, to, to put it bluntly. An awful lot of my clients ask me a question, and like the questions we've been talking about a moment ago, and in the process of asking the question, realise that they have the answer. The answer being, I'm thinking too much about this. If you're thinking too much about anything, you can't hear your gut instinct. When are you most likely to hear your gut instinct? It's, say you're normally minded. Say you don't know any of the stuff that we're talking about here, because even what I would describe as normal crazy people can hear their gut instinct, and do from time to time. You are most likely, even as a normal person, using your mind normally, to hear your gut instinct when your thinking mind is disengaged or when your thinking mind is asleep. So you'll hear your gut instinct when you're doing nothing or next to nothing. You might be having a shower and something comes into your head. In other words, you're not thinking about the actions of washing your hair or soaping yourself or shampooing. You're simply having a shower. And in those few moments, because you're immersed in the water, because you're immersed in the moment, because you're not thinking, in other words, you're doing, as I said a minute ago, next to nothing, something will occur to you. You could be sitting on the loo. I need to translate that for some people in some countries. You could be sitting on the toilet, without putting too fine a point upon it. You could be sitting on the toilet, literally doing next to nothing, and something will occur to you. You could be mowing the lawn, clipping the hedge, going for a walk. Actually, often normal people even have an expression for that. I'm going for a walk to think things through. And in fact, what they're doing is not thinking things through at all. By virtue of their going for a walk, they're allowing what's inside come out. You will also hear your gut instinct when you're asleep. This is an interesting one because people often talk about dreams and people often coyly raise the subject of dreams with me on the basis that they assume that I will think they're mad asking me about dreams. But what part of your mind goes asleep at night and what part of your mind stays awake? It's the thinking mind that falls asleep. That, by the way, is also a reason why we might often have a bright idea just as we're getting drowsy or falling asleep. Or indeed, in, that, in the shower first thing in the morning before the thinking mind has fully awoken again. It's the thinking mind that falls asleep at night. And with the thinking mind completely disengaged, what's inside begins to come to the surface. Now, mostly, the dreams we have are meaningless or defy interpretation. But sometimes we have very clear and lucid dreams. And you should pay attention to those very clear and lucid dreams. Indeed, all of my clients will know that the more you develop your ability to be present in the here and now through meditation, 
podcast. I can't let a podcast episode go without mentioning meditation. But the more you develop your ability to be present through the practice of meditation, the more you will actually become aware of the significance of lucid dreams during the course of the night, the more likely you are to remember them the following morning. Or some of my clients, myself included in, on this one, will get to the point that if we are dreaming a particularly significant dream, we'll wake ourselves up, take note of it, sometimes literally take note of it, and go back asleep again. Because when you are asleep, what psychology calls the constant observer, the subconscious mind, is fully awake. The part of your mind, the part of your brain that constitutes your gut instinct, is fully active and talking to you. Research shows that we are fully in the zone. In other words, the left prefrontal cortex, what I've referred to before as the brain's attentional spotlight, what badly in the 1980s called the brain's central executive, the conductor of the orchestra that ensures that our brain enables us to do just what we need to do to get to where we want to go. Research has shown that the left prefrontal cortex is never engaged in our ordinary everyday lives when we are thinking and is fully engaged in our lives when we are not thinking. Unfortunately, the normal person rarely doesn't think. But in deep sleep, the left prefrontal cortex is engaged. Under general anaesthetic, the left prefrontal cortex is engaged. When we are engaged in extreme sports like skydiving or skiing, the left prefrontal cortex is engaged because your life depends upon it. In the last few moments before you die, your left prefrontal cortex is engaged. It is cognitive psychology's explanation of the near-death experience because clearly some people get to death's door, have this lucid moment and actually survive to tell the tale. The point is, this is where your gut instinct is. You need to let it out. And unfortunately, as I have said a couple of times in today's episode, the normal thinking mind precludes you from letting what is inside come out. And therefore, I said, I, I issued a word of caution earlier on, therefore you need to be very cautious that you don't mistake conventional wisdom for gut instinct. Let me explain. I had a client many years ago in the late 90s, around the time of the dot-com bubble, for those of you who are interested in the stock market. I had a client that decided he wanted to be a software millionaire. He could feel it in his gut. Now actually in hindsight, and unfortunately hindsight is a wonderful thing but absolutely useless because it's after the event, unless of course you use, it for, you use it for learning by the way, but in hindsight it turned out that that wasn't his gut instinct at all. He was hanging out in his golf club with people who were making money out of the boom in software and IT and dot-com companies. He could see what was going on around him. His thinking mind was taking it in and his thinking mind was kind of forming the impression of what he wanted. Now, the subconscious mind, as I've said before, doesn't understand the word want, nor does it understand the word wish or hope. And we'll come back to that again later. 
because it's important when it comes to setting our goals and objectives. We'll have another episode or two or possibly 10 on that. But this guy was immersed in an environment where he saw people making money as a result of internet companies and IT companies. And it occurred to him, eh, that's me, I'd like a bit of that. And he thought it was his gut instinct. It wasn't his gut instinct. It was what I've described a minute ago as conventional wisdom. Now that's not an appropriate description because those two words don't go together. There is no such thing as conventional wisdom because conventional means normal and normal means I'm thinking around in loops and if I'm thinking around in loops how could I be wise? How could I have a clue what's actually going on? Never mind what's going on within my own gut instinct. The key point I would make in today's episode is that you need to cultivate the ability to hear the part of your mind, or your brain in fact, that knows what is best for you. It's fascinating. I am constantly fascinated when I ask people what are the things you really want to achieve out of life? Or what are the things you would love to experience? Or what kind of life would you love to have? And I often ask the questions that way because it's not about having things or getting things or achieving a particular result. It's about living the kind of life you'd love. And people always, always start using what I would describe as the scaffolding of normal success and happiness. I have this, I have that, I do this, I do that, I'm a member of this club, I wear these kind of clothes, I drive that kind of car, I have these kind of holidays, my children go to these kind of schools, I have this kind of bank balance. All the stuff that constitutes normal success and happiness, or at least the facade of normal success and happiness. This is what our thinking mind has been taught to think when we have been asked by somebody like me, what kind of life do you want? What would happiness and success look like for you? It isn't just that our normal mind has been taught to think that way. We hang around with loads of other people who think that way too, and therefore it's acceptable. In fact, it is to be desired because people who we think might be happy and successful are thinking that way and maybe, just maybe, their thinking got them there. Now the probability is that it got them there but they paid a price along the way but that's another story and another episode or, or two as well. It fascinates me as I say. People always start by thinking about the kind of life they want to live. You're not going to figure this out for the simple reason that when we try to come up with that balance sheet that I mentioned earlier on, we think about what we want. We think about what we want based on what others have as well, by the way, but we'll come back to comparative thinking another time too. You see, we could be having this conversation for the next decade. But people assume that they know what they want. And in fact, they're wrong. People think they know what they want. And even if you did know what you wanted, even if you could figure that out, 
because of the way in which we believe ourselves capable of this, that or the other, and obviously incapable of other things, even if we could figure out what we want, it'll always shortchange us. It will always leave us short in comparison to what is best for us. Now, you can't think that through. The conscious mind doesn't even understand that. Or if it does, it has, it has a warped understanding of it. You know, somebody's fired from their job and an Irish mother would say, well, that was, that's what was best for you. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's like, you know, as I said in another episode, oh, be realistic is a put-down. Oh, that was best for you is very often a put-down too. The, the normal mind doesn't know what is best for you, but there's a part of you that does. That is your subcortical brain. That is your subconscious mind. That is your gut instinct. It is what some people might call the spiritual side of themselves. But let's not get off into the realms of spirituality, at least not for now. There's hard science behind my understanding that I am giving you of the parts of the brain that know what's best for you. 10,000 years ago, and was kind of a no-brainer to a large extent because we are hardwired to survive, these parts of the brain knew exactly what was best for you when confronted by a threatening situation. These parts of the brain still know what's best for you, what is blissfully, joyfully best for you. They're words that the thinking mind poo-hoos, actually. Those, they're words, as somebody said to me a while ago when I mentioned the word joy to them, he said to me, oh, that's only a word you see on a Christmas card. But what kind of life would you be having if it's not full of joy? Why would you turn your back on a life that could be blissfully happy and joyful when there's a part of your mind that knows exactly what that would look like and feel like? And more importantly, there is a part of your mind that knows exactly what you need to do to achieve that, to experience it, and even more so again, doesn't just know exactly what you need to do, but knows exactly how to enable you do it. Now, there's another very important thing that we'll pick up on in the next episode. The subcortical brain that enables me do just what I need to do to get to where I want to go, stops my thinking brain from impeding me. See, normally, if I have to do something grand or big or beyond my normal everyday life, outside my comfort zone, my thinking mind will keep me within my comfort zone. There are evolutionary reasons for that, and we will come back to them in the next episode. But when I'm in the zone, when I'm fully not just listening to my gut instinct, but acting on my gut instinct, this part of my brain will enable me do things that would amaze me. Things that I don't believe that I would be incapable of doing, but things that I would feel uncomfortable doing. Now this is really important because there is actually a part of our brain that stops us doing uncomfortable things from an evolutionary perspective that has no use in the 21st century and in fact constitutes a barrier to our happiness and success in the 21st century. But that is for next week's episode. For now, the message is very clear. You need to meditate regularly. I told you, now I've, now I've got meditation in more than once in this episode. You need to meditate regularly for the simple reason that it will change how you think. 
It's guaranteed to change how you think, and it is guaranteed to enable what is within come out. It is guaranteed, scientifically validated, to enable you hear, understand, listen to, and act upon your gut instinct. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.ie.